Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Spoon Mob Pod. My name is Ray. I am your host. And on today's episode, going to be talking about Aquavit. It's a Swedish Scandinavian restaurant in New York City. Uh, actually, has a couple of Michelin stars. Uh, been through a handful of chefs. And uh, a couple of them actually have been nominated for James Beard Awards uh, pretty frequently. So kind of jump right into it. Um, Aquavit's really most famous uh, for its desserts. And that's because of the current executive chef, Emma Bankston. Uh, She actually grew up out in Sweden in Falkenberg, which is like a small fishing village. Just like... 30, 40,000 people kind of live there. I guess it's on the west coast of the country. It's about five hours from Stockholm. And, um, you know, she kind of got into cooking through her mom, uh, who was making things at home, you know, every night, as well as her grandmother, who whenever they would go visit, she was lived a couple hours away um, at the grandmother's there. She would just constantly just throw food at them, basically just be making all this different stuff. So, Originally, she wanted to be a fighter pilot in the basically the the Swedish Air Force. Um, but in order to do so, in order to enroll, she would have had to have been 18. And kind of when she came up with that decision, she was 16 at the time. So to kill two years, you know, until she could actually enlist in the military, she went to culinary school. Uh, she actually went to the Stockholm Hotel and Restaurant School. Um, and then kind of once she was there, she really started to enjoy it, uh, especially the pastry aspect of working in a kitchen. And she just basically, you know, decided to stick with cooking. Um, she wound up doing a internship at, uh, at the time it was Sweden's only Michelin starred restaurant. Uh, it was called or is called, uh, it's still around Edsbaka Krog. Uh, and that was in Stockholm. And she wound up working there after she graduated culinary school too as well. She worked there for a handful of years, like three years or so. And then she kind of left. She went on a trip to South America, stopped through a bunch of countries, was able to visit New York real quick because she was connecting back on her way back from uh, South America. Her connection was through New York to get back home to Sweden. So she was able to explore New York City. And and she kind of it was pretty impactful, I guess. Like it wound up being just kind of the city that she wanted to move to eventually. Um, which she eventually would down the road, but that kind of became like her, this, you know, dream goal essentially. And when she got back to Sweden, uh, she wound up working at, a at this time, there's another Michelin starred restaurant. Um, there's called, uh, restaurant upper Kalorin which was actually inside the uh, Royal Swedish Opera House. So she was working as a pastry chef there. And then um, she spent like five years there. And then Marcus Jernmark, who is the current chef at... um, I just saw this the other day where he was. He's at uh, a restaurant in Sweden. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um. But he reached out to her and basically, it was like through Facebook and wanted to um, bring her over to New York to the restaurant that he was working at, which was Aquavit. He was the executive chef there at the time. And they didn't know each other, but, you know, 
the Swedish restaurant culinary scene is kind of a really like closed looped kind of situation. Even if you don't know somebody specifically, like you know someone who knows them kind of thing, you know, you're once or twice removed. So they actually had the same uh, like culinary mentor in culinary school and they were roughly in school at the same time, um, but they weren't ever like, they didn't ever really know each other. Um, and Jern Mark, he currently is the executive chef at the three Michelin star restaurant, uh, Franzen, which is over in Stockholm. But, um, so he kind of recruited her through Facebook and that's kind of how, I guess, like also from interviews that she's done, that's kind of how the, the Swedish restaurant scene is like, you don't really apply for jobs. It's the restaurants come and get you essentially and come and recruit you. It's completely opposite than it is in America where you're. Chefs are constantly sending out, you know, resumes or trying to reach out through their network and everything to to land a new gig. If their place closes or if they're just ready to move on to something else or, you know, go from a line cook to, you know, a sous chef or or whatever. So she uh, wound up moving over to the U.S., um, took the job as a pastry chef. And Aquavit, it's this restaurant that was actually started back in 86 by Hakan Swan. Um, was the guy who started it. He's still the owner. Uh, he was the executive chef for a number of years before uh, Marcus Samuelson, who you might recognize that name. He's um, He has that show on PBS. It's like no passport required. And he pops up on a few things. I think he's you know guest judged on a couple episodes of Top Chef. Um, you know, I'm sure he's kind of popped up here and there on some other things too as well. So uh, once Marcus got there, that's kind of like when the restaurant really took off and uh, so did his career too as well. And now he's more of like a culinary media personality more so than a chef. I don't, I think he owns some restaurants, but he's not like in the kitchen every day kind of thing. Uh, but he owns, I think, uh, three or four different restaurants, if I'm not mistaken. But after um, Samuelson, who's kind of the most famous really alumni of there. Uh, he left and then Niles Norin came in, was executive chef, and then Johan Svensson, and then it was Marcus Jernmark. And then once uh, Marcus basically, um, you know, brought over Emma, they, that was roughly like 2013. Well, actually, no, that was uh, roughly about 2010, sorry. And, um, then they wound up getting a Michelin star, like a year and a half later in the fall of 2012. That was the first time the restaurant ever got a Michelin star too. And then in the spring of 2013, Jernmark left, uh, he resigned and was moved back to Sweden. So Swan, the owner offered Emma the position of executive chef, um, just based on her talent and kind of just her work ethic. And how, you know, just everything he'd observed over the past couple of years that she'd been there. And she was pretty hesitant about it. I mean, it's a weird thing to go from pastry chef to executive chef. Like, that's not a normal transition at all. Uh, she agreed to just basically temporarily, you know, placehold the position until the restaurant was able to recruit another chef. Um, the re restaurant pretty much prefers to get somebody who's from Sweden cause they've been understand the cuisine and the ingredients and everything. Um, but then like, you know, 
that was kind of in the spring of 2013. Like six months later, they got awarded a second Michelin star. And at that point, it was basically like, you're the executive chef now, not recruiting anybody else. So so she's been the the executive chef ever since. And at the time when she won the, the restaurant, the second star, um, it was basically she was the first Swedish chef to be awarded two Michelin stars ever. And then also uh, she was the second female chef in the U.S. Uh, the only other one at the time was Dominique Crenn out in San Francisco at Atelier Crenn who had gotten to two Michelin stars. Um, and then like a couple years later, they opened another Aquavit in London. Uh, it's just, it's significantly larger. So the menu is a little bit more simple, but uh, that's still open today too as well. And and she's been nominated really um, going back to 2018. So she's been nominated for three consecutive years for the Best Chef New York City Award. She's been a semi-finalist every year. Actually, this past year, she was Best Chef New York State because they changed up the categories. But before her, I mean, Marcus Samuelson, he was uh, Rising Star Chef of the Year nominee for 97, 98, and 99, which is kind of unheard of. Usually, you only get one or two um, years that you're nominated for that, but he got three. And then he actually won Best Chef New York City in 2003. So those are kind of the the accolades uh, for the restaurant as a whole. But, you know, there's not a whole lot of women executive chefs and then women executive chefs that are running Michelin-starred restaurants, especially in the U.S. is few and far between. There's only a handful. And then even when you start getting into across the globe, as long as they're not, you know, if they're not partnered with a, a male counterpart or a male chef too, like the numbers... I mean, it's just not as many as you would think. So it's kind of a big deal, especially for a, a chef who's a woman, to reach this kind of level, not plateau, but like, you know, to reach this, um, you know, level, at least in terms of the culinary industry. So we wound up going there for lunch. Uh, now, this was before they wound up doing some renovations like last year. Uh, they kind of redesigned some of the stuff with the kitchen and the lounge area and everything. So it looks way different than than we were there. But uh, we wound up doing a lunch. And the way they had it kind of broken out is like basically you, you do like almost like a three-course kind of. You pick a, a dish from each little section and one's like kind of appetizers and one's like the steak or chicken or, or whatever. And then there's like a dessert section. So um me and Katie basically just picked our own things um, and kind of tried e- each other's if we so, you know, chose to at the time. I went up getting a some sort of like beef tartare dish, which was really good. Um, it's very well plated. Like it's, it's really artistic the way with the colors and everything. Um, then I also got the Swedish meatballs, which were pretty, they were pretty tasty, but like, Overall, it kind of just looked like stuff got thrown in a bowl. But I don't really know how you make like Swedish meatballs look awesome in a in a bowl. So, um, but what they're really known for, because she kind of has a handle on it, and I mean she's been doing it for so long, is the the pastries and the dessert. So we got the Arctic Bird's Nest, which is like the most famous thing. It's she takes all these ingredients and makes like a what it looks like a, a bird's nest covered in snow kind of with some eggs in it 
and it's, you know, different aspects of chocolate and, and all this stuff and vanilla and, and everything. And it's, it's really pretty to look at. It's also really good. And then, uh, we also got like a chocolate dessert too, as well. Um, which was equally as good, but it wasn't like they're famous, you know, we, Katie wanted to get the signature dish and I, I don't blame her. I mean, I was all aboard on that too. So I think that was probably the best, the best dish that we had was the dessert dish in terms of flavor presentation, kind of all that stuff that you're looking for. Um, I know there's a video about her on eater on their YouTube channel. Uh, I think it's about like 10 minutes long or something, but it just kind of shows her in the kitchen and how she does. Uh, I forget what dish she's cooking. She cooks something on like a little 10 minute episode. So check that out. Um, Aquavit's Instagram too, as well. You can check out, uh, as well as Emma's. So it's, um, Aquavit NYC on Instagram is, is their account. You can check out all their dishes, but, um, you know, it's hard to find places that are kind of open for lunch. It's easier when you get in a bigger city, like, you know, um, New York city, especially if you're still trying to look for something that's highly rated by some other guidebook or something. So we were fortunate enough to, to be able to get into Aquavit for lunch and, and not have to go there for, um, for dinner and kind of scramble. So that was pretty cool. I mean, we met, made a reservation ahead of time, but it's, uh, it definitely helps things fall into place when you have places that are going to be open for, for lunch hours. Uh, the food's good. Um, it's different cause I mean, it is, you know, Swedish heritage type cuisine. I mean, there's modern aspect to it. Um, I think dinner is probably a little bit better, but I mean, it is a, it's a fine dining Swedish cuisine restaurant. I mean, it, it has all the things of fine dining uh, involved with the, the high back seats and the white tablecloth and kind of the atmosphere and everything. Now some of that might've changed since they did the renovations. I'm not sure. Um, but I'd highly recommend it if for anything, you know, to go at least you can pop over into the lounge and like get a couple desserts. Um, if anything, if there's nothing like on the menu that, that kind of strikes your interest, but it's definitely worth checking out in New York city. Um, like, I don't know if or when we'll ever be back to New York city based on coronavirus and how things are going. Heard mixed bag about, you know, you get all these reports of like violence and crime and everything like that. Um, but I'm assuming most of that's at night during the day. You know, I've also seen people report that, you know, they're just walking around just like normal and, you know, restaurants are open for outdoor dining and everything's good. So I don't know. It's weird. Um, you know, there's a whole, there's been a lot of articles about like the death of New York and stuff like that. Some people are saying it's overblown. Some people are saying, you know, it was kind of the writing on the wall based on prices and, and all this stuff too as well. I don't think New York will really be the same, especially with the people that they have in charge, um, restricting so much of what, if you, what you can do if you live in Manhattan. So I don't know, it will be interesting to see that. And then also the Michelin guide, like what they do and their rating system, since so many restaurants are closed or just doing takeout or, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely curious kind of what the, what the future holds for New York, but that is the podcast uh, for this week on Aquavit. Uh, so appreciate everybody listening to all the podcasts we have up on the feed and um, you know checking out the website and the Instagram account and all that stuff too as well. So 
continue to help spread the word. Appreciate everybody. And uh, until next time, we'll uh, talk to you guys later.